Dave Wadsworth. How are Leslie you? Leslie Peters. <laughs> another, another episode of the Black and White Men Talking Podcast. In this episode, episode number uh, six, I believe it is, or five, I can't remember. 1280. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> but today we will tackle the issue of the Jackson, Mississippi water crisis. And I like to kind of give this topic, the subject, um, let me think. I'm trying to give it a subject name that's fitting. Let's just, because it's, it's bigger than Jackson. It really is. And we'll get into that as we discuss it today. But my question is, as we talk about this, is this a water failure? Or is this a, or is the water failure a victim of environmental racism? So is this a water failure? Or is the water failure a victim of environmental racism in the state of Mississippi? So we'll start it like that. So just to give you some history and context, I, I'm going to post an article that was in the Mississippi Today, uh, which I like that because it's a nonprofit news that just calls it pretty straight. And I'm going to put that at the bottom of the screen, uh, that link. Um, again, it's MississippiToday.org is the site. And I'll leave that link up for those of you that may want to copy it. Just going to read up a little bit of the first paragraph. Maybe maybe I'll put it up here um, just to share it a little bit here. Um, so <clears throat> what I'll do, and that might be a small, I'll try to blow it up a little bit here. Just a little bit. Okay. And, and I want to just read a section of this. It says, more than a century before felon infrastructure left Jackson, Mississippi without running water this summer, thousands of Capital City residents gathered in a park downtown to celebrate the new water filtration plant that promised to turn the muddy liquid flowing into people's tap into clean, pure water. People poured in from nearby schools and factories to witness history that morning in November 1914, according to the account in the Jackson Daily News. All right, so what this does is give us some context that this water system, this plant, this system that we still have today that's failing had its initial debut in November of 1914. We are now in 2023. 110 years, essentially. Mm -hmm. 110 years. 110. With the same infrastructure for water. So I just wanted to to, to put that in perspective for everyone for a second. So we're talking about a century ago, before today, more than a century, as David said, 110 years before today. 
um, this system had its debut, the water system that we still use today. And, and it said people were so excited that they came out to see it and see the announcement the first day it was it started running and supplying clean water in Jackson. And that was in November of 1914. Now, on this historic day, um, at that time, uh, Edgar S. Wilson, a, a prominent, prominent businessman, politician uh, said, had this to say, and I quote, a historic capital city has many causes for congratulation, but clear water is her crowning glory, her greatest asset, a blessing that will pass from generation to generation. That was in 1914. Fast forward a little bit, and I'm just again, I just want to give you context before Dave and I start really diving into this discussion. But today's today, Jackson's water system is a symbol of national embarrassment. Mm. It's what Edgar Wilson called a crown jewel, is embarrassment today, highlighted by the August crisis that deprived more than 170,000 people. Of water to drink, wash, or flush toilets. Yeah. This was simply the latest in a series of water-related problems plaguing the state's biggest city. They include frequent line breaks, shutoffs, bore water notices, and ongoing exposure to toxic lead and harmful bacteria. Mm. Jackson consistently has been in violation of safe drinking water standards since at least 2018 and has been on a federal order since 2020 to fix a host of issues impacting this water system. I just wanted to um, give you that context before we jumped into this, Dave, because I think people need to know. They need to understand a little bit about yesterday before we can really understand today and what's going on. But I don't know about you, Dave, but if you give me 110 years of anything that doesn't have continuous maintenance, it's probably not around 110 years. Right. If you, you get a house that goes 110 years with no maintenance, I can guarantee you, you're going to have to tear it down right. 100 years later. It's not going to be standing. Just not. Um, a car is not going to last you for 110 years. <laughs> well, and the date of this, when they installed this, we're looking at uh, when Henry Ford started the automobile, right? <laughs> what 1914. Yeah, I mean, the early 1900s is when they started having cars. And you tell me that that system that has been functioning through this period you know, it's not like it's just been sitting there idle. It's been used over and over and over again, and, and it's not been maintained, and it's not brought up to the standards. And 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 I know I heard you say, you know, in a first-rate, first-world country, we're dealing with third-world problems. And I've right. traveled the world. Leslie, I have traveled the world. I've been to a lot of uh, 
Well, I've been on a lot of mission trips, but I've gone to um, uh, Mexico many times. I've gone to Honduras. I've gone to Guatemala. I've been in a lot of third world countries. And I guarantee you, water is an issue there. I mean, safe drinking water. They say don't drink the water. I promise you, don't drink the water. I've come home many times and I'll have a bug or a stomach ailment for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I drink bottled water and and i don't know exactly where i get this stuff but but you got to be careful and and to have that in america in a modern city to have something like that is a disgrace and it is nothing but wrong and and you know who's to blame you know i don't know but but number one it's 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 politicians and the leadership of the government whether it's state or local or both or combination, I don't know, uh, but it's it's wrong and and it should never happen. It should not happen. And uh, I just, yeah, uh, yeah, it's water, okay, food, clothing, shelter, you know, the basics of life, water, okay. Well, and let me go, let me go deeper because this 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 is not where the story ends, as they say. So the plot thickens, my friend. Yeah. Uh. So I've been out of college for 35 years, I think, something like that, right? Undergrad. It needed repairs then. Sure. All right. So I wanna so when we when we when we start looking at the source, and the reason why I want to make sure I take my time with this discussion is you can't just look at it as face value and say, okay, the city needs to fix the water. The state needs to fix the water. It's bigger than that. It's much bigger than that. Right. In order to get to this place, where since 1914, you have not done continuous maintenance on this, on this water system, that has to be an institutional thing mm -hmm. because that's not one person. That's a lot of people and, and generations of people that continue to make the same choices. So in 1914, I can guarantee you that Jackson, Mississippi was not a 80% African-American city. It was not. Right. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> in 1914, <laughs> uh, well, since slavery might have been over. Slavery might have been over, but we were still slaves in Mississippi. I'm just going to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> in Reconstruction era. We couldn't vote. We were still considered three-fifths of a person. So in 1914, at this event, I can assure you, it wasn't Black folks that was at that event, calling this the crown jewel of water and cleaning water. Okay. So what I'm saying, the reason why I say that is, we have watched the city go from 1914 to 2023, so that means countless of people, countless of mayors, countless of governors have chosen to make the same decision to not protect humanity and have clean and pure drinking water as the great people that created this in 1914. That's not one person. That's many people. Right. And so when you see something that is repeated by many people, then it's institutional. Sure. It's not one person. This is institutional. This is this is something that is is, is intentional. 
what a lot of people don't also know about the Jackson Warner situation, even at the worst crisis, everybody in Jackson is not without water. There are parts of Jackson that have water, hmm. but it's not where Jackson State is. And it's not, it's not where your highest concentration of African-Americans are. Institutional. So that's why I asked the question, is this environmental racism? Because although the news says Jackson water crisis, most people don't understand it's not all Jackson. <laughs> this is very geographical. It's, 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 all I can say is it's interesting. I can't prove anything, but I do know this. I can't prove this. Everybody in Jackson wasn't without water. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and you've said this before, Leslie. You know um, the numbers, the data. They don't lie. I mean, if you're if you're comparing apples to oranges, I mean, you've got the right data. Now, yeah, what people, I said is men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Yeah, and and now some people like to manipulate numbers and and make things look worse than they are or better than they are. However, they want to do it. They just play with them. But here's the deal, okay. You get a map of the entire metro area, Jackson, and the whole metro area, which is Pearl, and I don't know what other towns are Pearl, around. Brandon, Madison, Risland. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, get a map, and you show, and you show, okay, uh, in, on each one, each one of those areas show the age of their systems and the work that was done, just the basics, and show it all the way around, and I bet you a dollar to a donut that you'll see certain areas like you're saying that it's such a glaring problem. It's, it's, it's just, you can't ignore it. I'll tell you a story here in Indiana. We're in Southwestern Indiana. And if you look at Indianapolis, it's a capital. Okay. And four lane highways, just looking at infrastructure. Okay. The four lane highways from Indianapolis, they go out like spokes on a wheel you know, from that hub, because Indianapolis is basically the center of the state. And it, they, those folks go out. Well, southwestern Indiana had no four-lane highways. It was just like a big blank. It's almost like you had a wheel and you had like two spokes out of it. And that was our, that's where we were at. We were actually considered Kentucky. And so they didn't want to, you know, legislatures up in Indianapolis, they're like, oh, that's just South, Southern Indiana, Southwestern India. We don't care about them, you know? And, and so we, and it was so glaringly obvious, the problem. And I think you'll see the same thing. You put a map together and you show upgrades and equipment and, and all this, the refurbishing, whatever it is, and you put those basic numbers out there on that map, I think you're going to see a, a, a very obvious issue. And you'll know, okay, this is something that has been neglected and, and probably purposefully. This is the thing I hate about politicians. They do things and then uh, nothing happens for a while and then something happens, they're like, they don't want to take blame for it. You know, they, they don't have the accountability that they should have. I People that make decisions, it's like me with my business. When I make a decision, I mean, it's obvious that I screwed up. You know, when something happens, I get, I get held accountable by my customers or whatever. But politicians, so many times, they'll do things. And, and then uh, the decisions they make today, 
they don't really come into effect until maybe two or three years down the road or even further. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, that wasn't my fault. That was somebody else. And they push the blame on other people. And that just, that just burns my butt. And so I imagine there was a lot of this, the politicians were saying, oh, well, I did this or I did that. And, and, you know, and, and it's just, it's hogwash. It's just, you know, so, but look at the data, look at the data. Well, speaking of data, uh, I, you know, and, and again, guys, you can find this article. I put the uh, link out there for you. I'm going to bring it back up again because it's one other thing I'll show you. So when we look at this, um, and I'm going to read this section right here. Okay. The original plant and piping, that original plant that they were celebrating in November 1914 that was laid that more than a century ago started reaching the end of their lifespans. Let me repeat that because I don't want us to miss this. The original plant and piping that was laid more than a century ago started reaching the end of their lifespans just as Jackson's population began to decline and its wealthier white residents fled for the suburbs which is what Dave was just talking about, the, the Madison, the Pearl, the Brandon, the Richland, okay? By the time Jackson elected his first black mayor in 1997, the system was already in desperate need of repair, but lacked the customer base to afford the then 300 million worth of improvements. Mm -hmm. The price tag for those other improvements has ballooned over the years to an estimated 1 billion as one administrator after the next postponed infrastructure projects amid a dwindling revenue stream. Now, again, I'm just painting the picture of how we get here because that's something that you also hear. Well, they got a black man and the black politicians haven't done anything. The black mayor of the city haven't done anything. I need you always to understand the context, whether you're looking at Flint, whether you're looking at Jackson water crisis, there's always a precept, a concept, a postcept. You got to understand all three. So it doesn't matter who was in office, white or black. If it's a numbers game, the numbers don't lie. So if your population starts to decline, and over these hundred years, no improvements were made, even when it was good and it could have been made for little or nothing, it was deferred. So no improvements were made since 1914, just Band-Aid effects, right? And so now a water system should never reach the end of its lifespan. No. So you got a problem if the pipes are reaching the end of their lifespan. So if you have any weather fluctuation in temperature, it's going to break the pipes. Sure. They're too old. So... 97, because you'll hear this, people say, well, they have a black man. We had the first black mayor in 1997. Before then, there were no black mayors. Just want to be clear. So 85 years after so 85 years. Installed. No black mayors, no maintenance. When you get to 1997, because I can tell you at the time I was what no was never nothing in Pearl or Brandon. Like yeah. nobody went there. There was nothing there. 
everything was in Jackson. Everybody lived in Jackson. Those towns were just rural country towns. Yeah. They moved out, right? Because they could afford to. They built these wonderful neighborhoods. I don't have a problem with that. But when you do that, if you study any city, if your wealthiest of residents move out the city, you're going to suffer with your tax base. So now your tax base that you needed to sustain the city, you no longer have. Right. So even if I replace them in numbers, but if they had a $300,000 house and the person I'm replacing it with is a renter or they have a $100,000 house, the numbers don't add up. Right, right. So your tax base now, you don't have enough tax base to make the improvements you need in 97. So what do you do? You do like the people that done for the previous 85. You defer. Sure. And it keeps happening. And now you get to this point. So I just, I just like to give the full story. Because good or bad, I tell you all of it. So it's everybody. This is not a black issue. This is not a white issue. This is a people issue. It's people. And everybody on the chain had parts in this failure. But what's happening is we want to blame just one group. Sure. <laughs> for his failure. And no, everybody had a part of this. Yeah. Because yeah. this has been 110 years in the right. And so, so what I say is when the waters and the pipes and that stuff happens and it bursts, here's how, here's where the environment, for me, my view, here's where the environmental racism question pops in my head and I have to ask the question. Then there was some maintenance. There wasn't no maintenance. Because if there was no maintenance, then these issues would happen over the whole city. Right. But they don't. So my question is, if there's certain areas that pipes don't burst and the water still runs, that would tell me by the numbers that there was specific maintenance made in specific parts of town and not the whole town. So therein lies, where does Jackson State reside? In the in a, most HBCUs are either in a rural environment or in the urban environment, which is the low income parts of the city. When the water goes out in Jackson, Jackson State doesn't have water. Mm. But there are other places that do. <laughs> hmm. Just saying. So that that tells me, Dave, there was some maintenance done in that 110 year span. Sure, sure. The question is, like you said, if you take and you throw a chart and yeah. you look at it and you see where where that maintenance was done and what parts of town, and then look at the population and the racial makeup of people, it might paint a picture for you. Yeah, yeah. I uh, let me tell you another story, and then I want to get into that really hard. In Indiana, well, our county, we had really, um, I'm trying to think here, um, probably the uh, the population of, uh, of black folks or any ethnic group was, was very, very small. But we still had the problem with the politicians or power people that got what they wanted. Uh, we would see these county roads 
that got all of a sudden they wouldn't be hardly used at all. And then they'd get a blacktop put on them. They were gravel roads. And then they get blacktop put on there. It's like, why are they spending money to put blacktop on this particular road? Well, then you'd find out, oh, there's a new county commissioner that lives down that road. And it's like, really? And it's just very obvious, you know, what happened. So in our county, Southern Indiana, it wasn't a racial issue. It was a power issue. Whoever was in charge, they got what they wanted. And they just, you know, they they were self-servants instead of public servants. Right. And that just kind of stuff just burns me up. But you go back to Jackson, and 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 here's the thing: you said the first black mayor was '97. Okay. And let me let me just say this before you: know, Dave has been to Jackson to visit me, guys. Dave has yes. been to Jackson, so he 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 yes. knows what he's not only just talking about it from what he's read. He has yeah. been to Jackson. I just yeah, and I that. love that burger joint. Is it Stamps, Stamps Burgers? Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a right burger. down from the university, pretty much yeah. on the campus. Yeah. yeah, I think I still have heartburn. I, th I ate, <laughs> you know, that was a big burger. <laughs> big burger. <laughs> that was good stuff. I boy, I stood, I stood out like a sore thumb, didn't I? No, not because really, <laughs> if you if you go by Stamps on any given day, it, it's like the rank. It, everybody's there. Yeah. Like, yeah what you, what you learn about thing that people do have coming in Mississippi? Yeah, Mississippi people like to eat. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 uh, in Jackson, uh, just a beautiful setting. Uh, I just there's so much opportunity, or potential there, and it just breaks my heart. And and you talk about the tax base, and I understand what happened there. How you know people moved out, and then all of a sudden it changed. It kind of flipped, kind of like neighborhoods can do. Mm -hmm. And then, and then um, what happened was then the people that moved out, well, they took the power. So some, so to speak with them because mm -hmm. they had a tax base, but that's wrong because Jackson still has the same population. So the infrastructure should be based on the population. It's a number of human beings in that city or that general area, whatever that you know location is. And therefore, this is my opinion, the, the state, and the federal government should come in and assist in that area and bring in dollars because we're talking about the basics of life, clean drinking water, clean cooking water, clean water for your, your uh, sanitary uh, situations. Right. And that should, that's an everybody's problem. Okay. That's not just, you know, Jackson and the community based on the population, they should bring in those dollars and they should fix those problems. OK, I don't care what the tax base is. If you've got a population of people, they need to have the money to, to fix that and, and have it done right. And don't just point fingers and say, well, it wasn't my fault. I don't care whose fault it was. Fix it. Get in there and do the right thing and fix it. Right. Was I, I mean, you're right. And, and, and you were going to go ahead. You were going to talk about uh, the other point I made about just the, the maintenance and certain parts of town and, and, and that. So by all means. Yeah. The, the, the different parts of town, it's so, and you, as you talked, you know, you, it, it just, the numbers don't lie. I mean, you just put them in there and you say, okay. And you can see, and, and, and it, maintenance. Yeah. There was some maintenance done. Um, I'm sure when there was a break, it was fixed. Okay. In the line. Mm -hmm. Okay. You just can't let the water flow and flow and flow. They, they fixed the line, but it's a band aid on a band aid. 
And guess what? They don't stick on each other very well. Okay, Band-Aids on Band-Aids. You got a dang broken arm. Band-Aids don't help broken arms. All right, sorry. You need to reset that thing. I've got an arm and I've got a, a titanium plate and seven screws in it. Okay, you think a Band-Aid was going to fix that thing? Yeah, no. it's just... And, and you've got a dang broken arm and it needs to be fixed and fixed right. And, and with today's technology, 2023, there, there's no excuse for it. None. And, and, I, and, and like I said, you, you can't just keep pointing fingers at, at people and blaming everybody and say, well, it wasn't my fault. Well, okay, fine. Let's fix it and let's just you know, get it done right. And, and I just, um, I see these communities like that. To me, uh, that is racist. Okay, because it's if it's if you have a community like that, you can't tell me it's not. You cannot tell me that that's not playing a, a very significant part in it. Okay, Listen, I think it, I think if you ask most of the residents that that are most affected by the water conditions and all the students at Jackson State University, what they wanted for Christmas, they just want the water to work, right? Yeah. I mean, Duh. they don't. They don't want that extract. They just want the water to. They, they don't want a golden toilet. They don't want golden toilets and faucets. They just want clean drinking water. Right. So, I mean, I want yeah. to challenge you. What what you can do is, um, I know a group of friends of mine, as a guy that's collecting money, we have taken donations and we are sending in a couple of pallets of water. Um, and, and, and a lot of people are doing that and alumni getting involved to make sure the students have what they need. Mm -hmm. But this is a humanity issue. Sure. Uh, Dr. Is. King, as we sit on the on the eve of the Martin King Martin Luther King holiday as we record this, yeah, you know, Dr. King talked about often the beauty of humanity. He said this, you know, President Obama talked about uh, when he was just a senator. And he gave the speech, I think it was in 2004 at the Democratic Convention. He said, it's not red states and blue states, but it's the United States of America. Sure. And, and this is not a black issue, a white issue. Water is a human issue. We yeah, all need yes. it. And yeah. the best way that I can, I can put it in perspective is, and this goes to how God created us all, we all have the same blood running through our body. That's exactly right. And, and let me tell you something. If we the same blood type and what I am, I'm a universal donor myself. Yeah. So that means I can give blood to anybody. So yeah. my blood is always in high demand, right? Sure. But I can't receive blood from everybody. It has to be. So so that's the thing about a universal donor. They they can they can help a lot of people, but only a few people can help them. Yeah. The beauty of that is this, when you, if you cut Dave open right now and you cut me open right now, you can tell the difference in Dave's blood and my blood. Nope. Because it's the same. And if Dave needs blood, he ain't checking. I guarantee anybody needs blood. <laughs> they could be the races of all people. They not checking. Is that white blood, black blood? <laughs> they, they need blood. <laughs> is it green blood? Is it green blood? <laughs> And so at some point, when we look at the beauty of humanity, there are some things that are just not political. There's yeah. some things that ain't got nothing to do with race. There are some things that just simply should be issues of humanity. And yeah. water is one of them. Yes. 
Yeah. Water is one of them. And we shouldn't be at a place. And when I say we, I mean all of us, the way we think, our mentality, we think that's not me. So it's cool. No, we can all help. And I think we have to understand there are certain things that are just a humanity issue. I, I was having a conversation with Dave last week and I said, look, for about 10 seconds, America felt what it felt like to be one. When we had that attack on America to hit the trade centers, the 9-11 attack, yep. at that moment, America was one. Sure. We need to always remember the moment. Yeah. Because in those moments where we operate as one, we accomplish our greatest feat. Yeah. We're at our most powerful point. If we can ever, through the power of conversations and really getting to know people, we can start having more moments. Sure. Yeah. And if we start having more moments, and, and households in Indiana and households in Texas and Mississippi and Louisiana and all the 50 states of white men and black men having meaningful conversation, you will see this world turn on its axis and rotate to the destination called a better place. Yes, true, true. I guarantee it. Yeah. So. Why we have these conversations, why we're talking about water issue, because water is a human issue. It's a human issue. That's why we're talking about it. It sure. doesn't affect me. It doesn't just affect David. It affects both of us. And when we and I will stand on a table for humanity every single day. Because the ones that come behind us will have to work out differences, but their differences shouldn't be differences of human issues. Shouldn't be differences of humanity. Yep. Right. And if we start having enough black and white men talking and having these conversations, then the world that they come into is a much better world. Again, it's that destination called a better place, a better America, a better city, a better you, a better me. Yep. That's what we have these conversations for. Dave, that's what we get on live and that's what we have these public disagreements about and conversations about and what i found the more we talk even though we sometimes we can sit on opposite the more i find out that we are really closer aligned than i thought that's <laughs> <laughs> scary I'm not just saying with you i'm saying with all my white brothers yeah that i have meaningful conversations the sure. more we get to talking we can always find a common place of agreement yes exactly Exactly. Well, and, and like I said earlier, we it starts with a uh, looking at someone in the eye and a, a smile. A smile is universal. Anywhere in the world, when you smile, let me tell you something. People smile back. It's very rare that they, they, you can give away your smile and you won't get one back. It's extremely rare. But 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 then you greet someone with a kind word. Good morning. Hello, how are you doing? My dad taught me this. My dad, from being little little boys, uh, he taught our whole family, and he he respected everyone. And then, and then it then it from there, you start talking because people ask, you know, hey, how you doing? And uh, and I say, hey, I'm great, or any better? I couldn't stand it, whatever. And people they they step back and they're like, hey, that's a great attitude. And 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 then you get to talking about. 
whatever. Oh, you got a, a St. Louis Cardinals hat on. Well, we're in Cardinal territory. We love the Cardinals, you know, and, and, and you start building, <clears throat> it's just little threads or little bridges between you. Okay. You, you find out, Oh, you like baseball. Oh, you like football. Oh, you like, uh, you know, reading, you like movies, whatever it is. Um, Oh, you're a dad. Oh, you're a granddad. So am I. That is so cool. And, and we have so much in common and we need to, to, and those are the bridges that we start building and those cords. And it's, and it's like a rope, you know, each little braid gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And Leslie, as you and I talk, and as you and I explore these issues, we get stronger and stronger together because we understand each other and we realize we want basically the same thing. We really do. Uh, we want a fair and free life. We want a safe uh, community for our children. We want great education for our children, opportunities. We don't want a bunch of obstacles put in front of our kids or our families that are just so unnecessary and unfair. You know, that's that's the whole thing. And so I just, I love talking to you. I love, you know, kind of getting passionate about stuff and, and exposing some of this crap that has gone on uh, you know, in your community or a community, you know, that you're aware of because it needs to, it needs to come to the light of day. Okay. It's, it's kind of like a bunch of cockroaches, you know, they, they come out at night and that's what I think about some of these politicians, you know, when it gets dark, here comes the cockroaches and they do, you know, they do their damage, you know, after dark. And so um, I try to, we, we need to shine the light uh, on people's lives and we need to shine the light on issues and, and we need to shine the light on our likenesses and say, Hey, look what Leslie's doing. Look what he's tried to do. Look at these, you know, things. And, and the more knowledge we have, the more power we have because then we can, we can act and, and, and pursue our dreams from a position of, of power and knowledge, which is, which is phenomenal. Cause so many times we're acting out of ignorance we're acting out of and speaking out of ignorance. And, and, and I get, I don't have any time for that. I'm getting too old, getting too old. Let's just cut to it. And you know what? Let the chips fall where they may. And, and, <laughs> you know, but just be I honest. Said it. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't have said that better myself, Dave. Look, we're up against the clock. We're out of time, but Dave really put a cap on that. And, and really he, he wrapped up a great Christmas gift to you and put a big bow on it. So you guys ought to go out and have a lot of conversations. Uh, black men talking to white men, white men talking to black men, real talk, real conversation, real issues. And let's let's make this world a better place. We can do it, but we can't do it without you. So let's get to having conversations. See you on the next episode.